Well, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode number 78 of Starting the Conversation. I am your host, Alice Benham, here with this week's co-host, Molly Masters. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm such a massive fan of the podcast. I'm so, yeah. Just straight in girl. there with the fangirl line. Fangirl, yeah. I love it. I'm so excited to have you on, though. We've totally mashed this afternoon into just the dreamiest combination. Yeah. Because we're starting by doing a podcast recording and then we're doing some coaching afterwards, which... It's just my it's two favourite things. Yeah. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. I'm All right. I'm so excited. You're a podcast listener, so you know the drill. Yeah. Low high. How are you doing? Good. I'm kind of tired. The last couple of weeks have been pretty exhausting. I've been around kind of London and some other places doing some talks. Um And in the midst, been doing kind of all of the running of the business on the train mm-hmm. or kind of in car parks and just trying, glamour. trying to keep the it glamour. going. Um and yeah, yesterday I was at some meetings with the NatWest Accelerator, kind of still learning and growing the business, but mm. it all takes a toll. So in truth, exhausted, but also excited <laughs> as well. So It's hard, isn't it? Because it is that mix of working in and working on. Yes, and I, I don't yeah. know about you, but I love the working on. But the second I'm doing something that isn't fulfilling the everyday of my business, yeah. just that instinctual, no, it's maybe not guilt, but just the weight kicks in yeah. of like, crap I've actually still got so much to do yeah like you can't just ignore no. running the business I was gonna say guilt because that's the word that always comes to mind and I just think that every moment that I'm not um kind of checking up on my emails or I'm not kind of thinking of boxes that I want to compile it mm. feels like everything's gonna slip into chaos mm-hmm. but um the working on the business is mostly the stuff that you want to be doing as like a business owner I think like yeah. sculpting out the future making plans networking but it's I, I'd say that that balance for me has been like 90 10 and then 80 20 and yeah. starting to get towards a little bit more of an equal balance of of working in and working on but mm. it takes so much time to get that discipline right yeah and that balance always feels I, I'm speaking for myself but that balance always feels too weighted one way or the other yes because I always feel like I'm ignoring something and yeah. I, I was actually speaking to a friend the other day who doesn't you know her, her job was very far from running a business so she's always quite interested in what I do and she was I was trying to kind of explain the mental energy it takes because I was actually explaining that actually what I do isn't very smart like like a lot of people could do my job but I was like actually I think what is hard about it is the mental energy and what I was saying to her was like you wear so many hats that you constantly Mm. feel like you're bad at everything and it's just that constant feeling of like I'm doing well things are going well but there's always something in my head where I'm like oh but actually that could be better or I didn't do my best at that and that's quite hard to sit with sometimes I think especially when I'm sure I can speak for both of us your instinct is always what can I do better what went wrong and it's quite self-analytical I think I definitely spend a lot more time thinking about what I've done wrong rather than what I've done right Mm. and I think that impacts the way that probably I run my business to a certain extent and I've never really felt like I shouldn't be candid about that especially with like my community and my subscribers who Mm. are the best ones at giving me a bit of a reality check about how well everything's going because I think it's so easy to be like well I'm not just running this business and doing the creative stuff I'm also you know for you it's like a producer and you you kind of do your client meetings and you do so many things and I think Mm. sometimes you feel jack of all trades master of none yes oh my gosh that's exactly (laughs) like in way more concise words 100% what I was saying and we will totally get onto that topic in this week's conversation starter I mean I probably shouldn't be saying that because I want to be an established business owner who's great at everything but I don't think anybody is so yeah and I think there's probably a separation between established business owner and great at everything I don't think it takes one 
to be the other. Yeah. But we put this weird pressure on ourselves that like, oh, I need to, in order to be established and successful, I have to fit all these things. Yeah. And from, I mean, we're kind of jumping ahead, but I feel like from experience of getting some of those things, you never take those boxes of feeling super confident or successful. Those things are always there. Yeah. You should got to grow with it and kind yeah. of get used to like, oh, okay, it always just feels that way. Contentedness <laughs> never fully slip, like slots into place. And I feel like yeah. sometimes just getting used to being uncomfortable has been the biggest thing for me. Mm. Like, and actually learning from that and being productive within it rather than feeling like the, the discomfort is something that's wrong with me. I think it's just something that happens with an ever-changing business. Yeah. You're never going to get comfortable because you don't want to yeah. at the same time. It's not in your nature. No. Yeah, I have so. to always ask myself that. I'm like, why am I craving this thing? Because when I really think it through, I don't want it. No, exactly. You don't want consistency and, you know, to settle because I think for a lot of people, you feel like you want to get into a job and then get into an environment where you feel like you're good at it and that you can, it's almost like placidity. You can just yeah. get on with it. Whereas if you're running a business, you kind of want to see those milestones constantly and you're always setting goals. And so it's never going to be that kind of platoon of yeah. niceness. It's going to be yeah. stress. And so I think it's just getting used to that more than mm. anything. That's what really like kicked me up the ass when I started my business. I was like, oh, okay, it's always going to feel like this. Yes. But that's not wrong. Yeah. Interestingly, that was really resonates with kind of what my love of the week would have been, which is that I had you know, like on paper, things look brilliant. And I look mm. at like the things that I'm doing in my business at the moment and what's going on. I think, oh my gosh, me of six months ago, me of a year ago would have been so excited about this. And I am, but it's true what you were saying within that of like, there's still this tiny, tiny bit of me that every now and again craves quietness or craves simplicity or craves routine. Yeah. And I know that that's not what I want, but I had a day on Monday where I was looking at my week ahead and it was quite just full on as it always is, like traveling, recording sessions, like lots, just lots of stuff. Mm. And usually, you know, nine times out of 10, I look at that and go, oh my gosh, what a privilege. This is the best week ever. Yeah. But on a, this Monday, I don't know why, I think I was just worn out. I just looked at it and just thought, I don't want to do it. I can't do it. I think it's that, always that mental barrier. I think I get it at least once a month and it surprises me every time. And I'm like, yeah, oh, here we are back here again. But I think there's always that part of me that's just like, oh, I'm always wondering if I could do something that's remotely connected to the book world and not have all of this stress. Mm. But I think I wouldn't, yeah. In you wouldn't change breath, it I wouldn't for the world. No, and I, I think I would want to, I'd certainly want to change the stress, mm. but all of the accomplishments that come with it and all the opportunities, you just couldn't get them anywhere else unless you were seeking them out yourself. Yeah. And to look back at that, it seems quite surreal because the mm. things that I'm able to do now... I don't think any employer could give me that. Yeah. And es- essentially all of that creativity and the free reign that comes with it, you know, that's mm. that's amazing. So. Yeah. And they come hand in hand, don't they? And it's funny because similar to you, I probably about once a month have one of those days or evenings just where I honestly God. just think, gosh, why did I ever think I wanted to do this? This is mm. the worst job. I can't like, I feel completely inferior. I just want to stop. Mm. And it's so funny because even though that happens so regularly, I still am in a place where it hasn't happened enough where in the moment I can recognise that it's going to change. I honestly feel hopeless for whatever period of time that is. And I just had such a weird Monday because I was just like, like, honestly, looking back, it's so weird to remember, but I really just thought, gosh, I can't do this. I'm never going to feel excited about this again. And then Shock Horror woke up on the Tuesday, got started at work at 6am because I was so excited. Yeah. And then have had the best week. (laughs) So it's such a like... It's, it's just how it is. It's yeah. just part of it. I often feel like contextualising when I feel low really helps, which it has, it's been so important for me to kind of like realise 
what factors have gone into that and for me usually when I feel low I'm exhausted mm. and I'm I like you said about having the mental energy to do what you do mm. for me I feel like I need a lot of downtime which I've learned a lot recently about making the business work for you not you work for your business yes and that was and not like being a, a victim of your business when it's yeah. what you've built it, that's yeah. a really weird thing to me that we blame something that is the it's not most within yeah. our control yeah it's like you can control when you work and my thing at the moment is it seems so like black or white but no one's gonna die if I don't do that if I take an evening off like yeah nothing terrible is gonna happen and for a long time I felt like it would there was just something inside me like you're not a good business owner if you're not doing this work this this, and this and I had to unfollow a lot of people on social media who I felt were you know they have their own standards of which they work but for me it was quite damaging watching other people work overdrive and say like oh if Mm. you're not exhausted every day are you not a business owner it's like yeah maybe that works for you but for me it definitely didn't work at uni it doesn't work now and so I think yeah understanding when my lows come in it helps me to realize what I can do differently mm. next month personally as well as professionally yeah. such just a kind of which is why now I feel like I'm trying to reset um after kind of exhausting few days because otherwise I'll, I'll get that low again because yeah. I won't feel settled in my business yeah it's just so. that self-awareness isn't it yeah <laughs> it makes the biggest difference and you kind of you have to have an element of grace for your past self for not having that self-awareness yeah I think it's quite hard I will look back at my past self with awareness that I have now and think damn she was so dim or so naive or like screw her but then I'm like oh she didn't know what I (laughs) know now and that's fine yeah and she had to make all those mistakes and run into all those brick walls to realize they were there yeah and what a privilege that now I know the brick walls are there yeah but like you said it's then actually taking that to a practical level and not just going yeah "Yeah, I just feel tired all the time or yeah I don't work well from a place of this but yeah. actually doing something to help that yeah what a privilege it would be to like have everything on paper exactly as you needed to do it like mm. imagine having like a golden piece of paper which had all the operations exactly as you needed them to be your website your plans your goals and like I just think that you wouldn't I would never appreciate anything if you had it mm. handed to you from day one I think you yeah. just got to go through like being a hot mess and it's part of the fun <laughs> 100%. I think I think it's part of the journey and for me I've started to learn that that there's no guilt in kind of not having everything perfect straight away yeah um and yeah, I think transparency about that is really important mm. as well. What's your high been of your week? I think finding a sense of community, which has been really, really valuable for me. Um, Through the NatWest programme? Yeah, and also just in loads of other ways. Like I've been getting more immersed in the coven and like I've started my membership and also just kind of pushing myself out there in like the last month to like meet people within my office building and mm. kind of getting that side of it's all beneficial within your business but also personally I've spent so much time on my own in the last 12 months which is somewhere I didn't want to be yeah and I kind of accepted that standard for myself for a really really long time and I think that was one of the major parts for me which was making me unhappy within my business because I loved every single day that I was doing it I was loving curating our boxes and talking with suppliers and meeting publishers but to not have anybody to celebrate that with or to even just talk about mm. it with and it it was feeling like it was quite a lonely practice which I think is yeah. so common for loads of entrepreneurs but I just think that it was becoming a real sense of why I wasn't enjoying what I was doing just because I don't think any it's, it's not within anyone's human nature to be in solitude no. for like 12 hours a day that's not right yeah um and so that was something I needed to change and I'm not the most outgoing person so I just decided to go on the coven and to do the Natalist Accelerator and just kind of finding a community of people that maybe don't even do exactly the same thing as you but they can at least support you and give you advice they and get it yeah, yeah that's been important and that was really like empowering for me that sounds like such an overdramatic word <laughs> it was just so like 
it felt really great and like I just felt a bit of happiness inside my chest when I met loads of people and felt yeah just didn't feel as alone and felt supported and yeah. that's I think that's just really important it's what I've been missing since I left uni because uni is such a connected place yeah it it seems quite backwards doesn't it that actually especially as we show up with our businesses online that we are we seem so connected and you have x many thousand people there and following yeah. and connecting but it's such a different thing to connect with someone on a parallel basis where it's like oh you you get me and I get you yeah and we exactly like you say you we're not necessarily in the same space because actually I prefer connecting with people that are in slightly different industries to me yeah but just that person that can give you that bit of permission to really say how things are yeah or to feel like even just that moment where they don't necessarily aren't solve all your problems no one can but no. you just realize oh yeah I'm not alone it's fine no. if even just having somebody who says like you know just then that's fine or even like I've met people over the last few days who just say like oh I was there and here's how you can get to that point quicker and how you can solve that kind of pain problem a bit quicker because it took me x amount of months or whatever and it's just yeah I think human experience and human connection we're not meant to be on our own Mm -hmm. and that can be a really damaging thing and the more I knew that when I was spending loads of time by myself in the office like I would honestly spend um when I had like a packing team here and that would be like one week a month, but it was three weeks every month. Just on completely my own. on your own. Yeah. And I think I got to a point where that was where I had my point where it was a, an ultimate low, where I was like, I'm prepared to give this up now because of the solitude, because mm. my boyfriend got a great job working in kind of like data analytics, which he thought was going to be like, he didn't know if he was going to kind of be where he wanted to be. But, um, he works in Bath and he has a great community that he works with and I was like every day he'd just come back with like the most hilarious office stories and I was like I want a bit of that you crave that yeah Yeah. whereas I realised that it doesn't mean that I'm not going to have that I can have it but Mm. just in different ways yeah it doesn't have to be so kind of so stereotypical you've got to be more proactive with it but then I think the benefit is yeah so just worth it I would say my high is going to echo yours because when you were just talking about that I was like yeah again we don't stop to really think about things and I was even just thinking about my week the amount of brilliant people that I've met whether it's clients whether it's people at the event last night whether it's just people I'm chatting to on Instagram Mm -hmm. and I think just stepping back and thinking gosh those are people and that's real impact and that's real connection and they're real stories yeah I think I just have to sometimes take a step back and remember that yeah and And there's nothing stopping you from like picking up the phone to those people like there's people that I've met and it's like we're never going to meet face to face like every week yeah but picking up the phone like you know every Mm. every couple of weeks and just being like how are you doing like what's going on with you that to me has been really transformative and that's mostly manifested in meeting people from my industry so like people who run subscription boxes either smaller or larger than mine but it's just been it's just nice it's just heartwarming and it's just nice to have connections and not feel like you're just completely on your own little kind of private island but not not in a nice way no not a nice private island not like desert island discs (laughs) not private island island. i know i am a um serial voice noter so i've got a good five or six people where i know like i can just send them a a minute to a minute and a half and then we have this whole amazing conversation throughout the day which doesn't I, I'm not a texter, I can't text. It feels yeah. like really emotional energy to me texting, I don't know why. But I can 
easily speak. I mean, I've literally made it my job to speak. So it's obviously something that I feel okay about. Um, So I'm such a... It's so nice to know that there are six... Six, I say six. I don't know how many there are. I haven't counted them in my head. But there's a number of people there that are just like a voice note away. Yeah. And then you just have this amazing conversation and you get out of your head sometimes. I think it's the nicest thing. Yeah, And actually just go like, oh, other people have got stuff going on too. And the whole world doesn't revolve around this business. And that's a nice thing to realise. Yes. totally not a nasty thing to realize no and it's like sometimes I feel like if you are your business which is for you when you are a personal brand but like for me I feel like it was taking over my life and that's not that didn't feel healthy for me for some people it's natural but for me my hobby was reading and my business is about reading and my hobby is learning about feminism and my business is about feminism it felt like I'd lost myself and I think that was a really big turning point where I was like actually the world isn't about my business and that's a, like I don't want it to that's be that's a freeing thing yeah just to realise that you can take a step back and it's you know everything's, everything's gonna, gonna be, be okay fine. yeah it's like what um I don't know who says this quote I think I might have heard it on Fee's podcast I think she was te- speaking to two girls in PR and they said something they always say is it's PR not ER and I just thought, gosh, I need that reminder. <laughs> That's so good. Even like my brother's a junior doctor. And anytime I have a super stressful day, and of course, it, I don't do <laughs> this to make myself feel like what I'm feeling is inferior, but just that reality check of, okay, it's, you know, I recognize that I feel stressed about this certain thing, but yeah. no one's going to die. That's the thing. And it that sounds makes cross, but it's, it helps. There's no literal <laughs> life, or, life or death here. Like, yeah. Maybe if something's done late, you can kind of contextualize it to a client or to a customer and be like, I'm mm. sorry, but we're human. And usually connecting on that human level with people is much more important than pushing yeah. yourself to a point of oblivion that yeah. you don't actually kind of feel like you can come back from it. Mm. Um, because I've been there as well and it's not fun. Yeah. So it's a thing. It's... I feel yeah. <laughs> it's a vibe. It's a vibe. Gosh, I always say it's a vibe. And then Emily texts me going, you know that you always say it's a vibe. I'm, I so need to stop myself gonna... from being like, mood. Like, mood. <laughs> Everyone has their sayings. All right, ready for our conversation starter? Yes. So when I was thinking about our conversation starter, you would know you got a voice note for me earlier. But I was driving here and I was thinking, there are so many things that Molly and I could explore. And I was like, what do we touch on? And there was a post that I put out on Instagram very spontaneously and slightly fearfully in the last couple of days that then when I was thinking about what we touched on, I was like, let's continue that conversation. And I know it's probably one that feels a bit like, oh, how do we talk about this? But I think the fact that we don't want to talk about it proves that it needs to be talked about. Yeah, definitely. And that is what people don't tell you about reaching levels of success full stop no disclaimer saying that we're not successful yes but a lot of weird feelings (laughs) attached to that because for context of people I put up a post the other day and it's something I've really been processing recently is I heard a quote a couple of months ago that said it's windier at the top and Mm -hmm. that's something that I think my business is teaching me a lot about at the moment is how I personally attach a lot of feelings to certain levels of success, mm. whether that be being fully booked with clients, being invited to be on another podcast, speaking at an event, earning a certain amount, whatever it may be. And I, in the last year, have reached a lot of those mm. things and still feel all of that self-doubt, all of that fear, all of those other negative yeah. feels that maybe come along with running a business. And I found it quite difficult to feel okay about that because from the outset, things have looked really shiny and really brilliant. And yeah. I almost feel guilty or ungrateful for for feeling those things still let alone then talking about them 
Yeah, it's it's such a difficult one because I think guilt is like a huge part of basically my entire existence. <laughs> I just feel like if you've built something that you've longed for and then you don't feel good about it, I think you automatically blame yourself. Mm. And it's it's so difficult to make that separation between your environment and what's going on inside of you. And I think that sometimes there's, I don't know if that sounds so existential, but there's stuff that we carry around with us that makes us feel like we can't celebrate what we do yeah. because it sounds like we're showing off or it sounds, or maybe it sounds like we're ungrateful if we complain. Yeah. And um, I know that, you know, if ever I speak to somebody who I know who doesn't have a job that they like and then I'm like, oh, I'm finding this a bit tough and they're like, oh, boo-hoo, it must yes. be so hard. And yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. it is sometimes. And I think, yeah, I have a massive kind of like comfort comfort filter when it comes to the word success because I just don't know if I feel Mm. successful and I don't know if that's because I don't feel it or whether it's just a lot of weight to the word like when you're talking about Mm. even just the words entrepreneur or business owner like they're so loaded yes and so I think success it feels shiny and if you don't feel shiny maybe it just doesn't feel like you fit into that category yet yeah and so I'm in a similar position whereby I got asked to speak at events and on on a panel last week and it, it just feels a bit surreal and then I don't take it in mm. because I don't celebrate it enough and so I think that's something that I'm working through with my business is that I get these great opportunities but I let like anxiety and doubt always take over and so I don't actually enjoy the moment because I'm so wor- like I'm so fearful of like why am I here yeah like, and I feel kind of under accomplished like mm. people are expecting that bar of me of like success or something and I feel like I can't meet it yeah that makes sense yes yeah yeah and you must have found that along the way because you're what a year just over a year in yeah so a year in I'm basically kind of fresh out of uni okay so you're I'm just gonna tell people some facts here you're a year in you sell out over 700 boxes every single month yeah you partner with huge publishing houses is that the right word publishing houses (laughs) I don't know the lingo um you've got a team Mm. you outsource stuff you've been featured in like the craziest of publications which they all came to you you didn't go to them so there must have been for you a lot of moments over the last year where other people said these statements to you of gosh you should be so proud or even like I'm so jealous or how Mm. amazing or you must just be over the moon and for you and I'm assuming here so correct me if I'm wrong there must have been these feelings of like I almost haven't caught up with how amazing this is because let me tell you the behind the scenes is such a different reality or maybe the internal is so different I, I've never kind of discounted the amazement that I get at the people who are engaged with what I do. And mm. so that has always been a really big area of which I can celebrate. Because if I can't celebrate in like with myself, I can celebrate with my subscribers because they've been there along the whole journey. Yeah. And like it seems weird because the audience is now like 10,800 people on like Instagram, which is our most engaged community platform. Mm. But they want to hear our success stories and I just feel so lucky so that's where I will try and celebrate if I if I feel like I can but I think especially what rings true was last year when we got it it was all one month that I got the stylist feature the Forbes feature I think it was Huffington Post Evening Standard Mm. all in one all in one big blast and I was still working a really crappy job which I won't name for probably legal purposes (laughs) presumably um (laughs) And I was at the lowest point I probably had ever been in since being at uni. I was pretty low at uni and like, I won't go into that, but I, I worked way too much to be able to afford to be there as like right. a working class student. And I got, I got shingles like through stress and it was, it was a great time and I loved uni, but I hated the stress that came with it. Mm-hmm. And I was in this really crappy job from when I just moved to Bristol and the management were horrible and 
my reality was not running the business. My reality was having this really kind of almost bullying relationship at work. Mm. And that was what my reality felt like. Books That Matter was my escape and it was everything that I loved. And there was this cosy community of people listening to what I had to say. But it wasn't about my life. It was too complete. It was like Mm. the Hannah Montana dream of having this great successful business. And everyone's perception of you was the visual stuff, which was what they could see, which was the success. And so I would share everything. And I was probably the, you know, my worst advocate, I guess. I, I was not doing the right thing for me in terms of like, I guess my escapism was holding up that kind of banner of like, yay, we got this great feature or look at how many subscribers we're getting. Mm. I just desperately needed to have that side of my life that was going well because everything else in my life felt like it was completely the opposite of what I wanted. Mm. And it was the fact that I I wasted so much of my time with that job trying to please people and trying to help people when I I, I swiftly realised that they didn't care. And it was a really hard time because we were trying in December myself and my small team were trying to get a, a really like great celebratory launch party going because we launched in September last year and then kind of just decided that December would be great to have like a Christmas party and a sure. panel but I didn't have the energy to celebrate anything and so the launch went right really fast I didn't even take into account any of those big moments where you like every business would want to be in Forbes or you know kind of celebrated in that way but I couldn't do I just couldn't process it because my mind wasn't it was literally like having two different selves yeah and so one of one part of me was really, really happy. And one part of me, which was like 80%, was still stuck in this shit job that I knew I needed to leave, but I just couldn't get... I didn't have enough knowledge of the finances in the business. I was, it was a startup. Everything was kind of messy and new and terrifying. And I didn't yeah. want to leave through fear. And it was just, it was just the worst. And so at the time when all of this great stuff was happening, I just couldn't process it. But mm. it was such a weird time. So it definitely resonates with me that there was like there are other people who kind of think about that shiny aesthetic and Mm. holding yourself to account when you're posting things that may be too shiny yeah but for me it was just like that anchor because if I wasn't grounded I don't know what it was a coping mechanism in a way yeah and I guess for other people you wouldn't see that potentially from the outside Mm -hmm. but I think as a business owner it was just something that I needed because I needed to know Mm. that something in my life was going in the direction I wanted it to yeah um so yeah and I, I really regret not just taking the leap and I mean, two months later, I walked out the door with no, with no avail and um, just decided that it was not the right time to go full time, but I had to. Mm. And it wasn't triumphant and it wasn't shiny. I kind of, I even had like a script that's so sad. I had on my phone about like how excited I was to be going full time with the business, to thank everybody for their support. I didn't post it because it wasn't a triumphant moment. I'd, yeah. I'd left a job in what I felt was like a very cowardly and not very kind of triumphant way. Like I just walked out with like no no context um because it just got too much and so I think that in my head I felt that everything should be triumphant and shiny and celebrated Mm. and maybe just life gets in the way and it's not that simple yeah and I really resonate with what you were saying in there about the consciousness around I don't know I just feel I think particularly as someone within marketing I feel so so conscious of the impact of my content because it's Mm. something I think about all of the time for other people so naturally I always flip that conversation to me And I think when you've been through a lot of times, I don't know about you, but I can definitely speak for myself here, where I've been in a tough place where seeing someone else's highlights and shiny stuff has been a really negative thing Mm -hmm. for me. And I think it's really hard to balance the two sides of like, you want to post the shiny stuff and the Mm -hmm. highlights. And sometimes the behind the scenes actually isn't relevant or it's not 
processed enough to share so it can't yeah. go out but that mix of like you want to put it out there because it's aspirational and it's exciting and it's a celebration but it's also yeah. like oh if I don't yet feel comfortable I just can't partner that with the behind the scenes yeah how does that sit yeah and I don't feel like that's something that there's ever a conclusion or an answer for I think the kind of it takes both the creators and the consumers which we're all mm. both of being conscious that not everything we see is perfect Mm. but I think it's hard when in business we often give ourselves so many milestones to hit whether it be a certain amount of sales or a certain feature that sometimes it's actually not about hitting that milestone it's about what that means but we hit the milestone and then go oh crap but like I still feel really stressed and I still feel like an imposter and I still don't really know what's next yeah and I think it's that weird like you almost reach success and then go oh is this it Exactly. Like that's why you don't feel that's why I think we don't always feel successful is because our perception is that success means complete confidence and self-assurance and everything's great yeah success is usually just a messier version than yeah. where you were a year ago exactly and I think for me success at the moment just means like more organization more communication and mm. for me I, I spoke to somebody this week which actually just put everything in into perspective a lot because he said that he had spoken to um, a client about where they wanted to be in um, in a few years time and they said like driving a Ferrari and he said like great like that's obviously that's going to feel awesome for you and he advised that client to go and test drive a Ferrari or to go out on one of those like circuits where you can get like a, a, a voucher and go and do it yeah. yourself and he felt nothing and he said that the thing was it's 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 knowing what you want to expect from a scenario rather than what that actual action is going to make you feel if that yeah. makes sense so yeah, like, no, 100%. maybe you want I mean, I'll stick with that because it's a really, like, cheesy... I think this is somebody's actual, like, actual life. But it feels like <laughs> a cheesy not example. he's going to know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if you want the Ferrari, maybe it's not what that is. It how it makes you feel or what mm. you want to do for other people. Like, maybe you want to take other people out in your shiny car. Or, yeah. like, for me, it was like, oh, I want X, Y, Z. And when it happened, I was like, oh, okay. Mm. And it's so easy to blow past it and keep doing the emails and keep doing the planning and, you know, keep being stressed. But... I think it's about processing like this is the goal that I want to achieve and this is how I want to make it how I want it to make me feel Mm. and then acknowledging those things in like in partnership because in in reality seeing my face on Forbes was great but it I didn't really celebrate it in the way that I thought I should and I don't I still to this day don't really know why but I thought it would give me a level of accomplishment that I'd been seeking um but for me that that sounds really cheesy but the validation that I've always needed has always come from the community that I've built Mm. and that's that's what makes me really smile or like you know like when you have like such a big grin and you like you have to go and tell someone about it yeah and that would just be a comment that says that like getting a books no matter box in the post is someone's favorite time of the month or like that it made the best gift that somebody's ever had and it's Mm. like that's what I need and that's that's what I've learned over this year it's like yeah the big stuff although it's great and it's important for growth and the business it's always the little comments and like the little voice memos or somebody's gone out of their way to do a great unboxing on their stories. Mm. That's what makes me feel so happy. And so that's what I've concentrated on in the last yeah. kind of like few months, just concentrating on that. I really love that because I think it's acknowledging maybe that the immediate things that come to mind when we think about success and mm. what success means to us aren't always the things that are actually true for us. Yeah. It's what we believe because of what society tells us or what yeah. we see other people defining their success and we by. That. Yeah, and it's a very empowering but also quite a freeing and probably slightly scary thing to actually mm. think, well, what does success mean to me? And like you said, almost looking at it more from an emotive perspective 
and a qualitative perspective than like oh it gets me this or it is this yeah because definitely I probably can speak for both of us when I say that when you reach those targets the the feelings change you Mm. know I think probably you know the the feelings you felt when you hadn't sold any boxes to the feelings you feel now having sold 700 yeah plus every month the feeling obviously is no longer like gosh what if we don't sell any Mm. but that fear or that worry or that anxiety just shifts in a new direction yeah it's not that those feelings ever really go away like for me the self-doubt has changed from oh gosh can I even help anyone I'm not good enough to now oh gosh I've got to keep this up and I've got to be like this for everyone that I work with yeah maintenance is a scary thing because like we've always apart from like a couple of months we've always sold out completely clean out and so for me it's been about maintaining that maintaining Mm. the energy and the excitement but also making all of these people happy because like 700 people gosh expectation I think is the most crippling part (laughs) of and I'm just going to say of success. I'm not, you know, if yeah. I'm trying to create a podcast episode where we're owning the fact that actually we are creating a new definition of success. Like we are successful business owners. <laughs> I know that makes me feel sick, but I'm going to be the first one to say it. But I, yeah, when I was processing this the other day, it was, it kept, I kept coming back to that yeah. expectation. And it's that feeling, even that, even when it's imagined, yeah. even when it's not, you, you never have evidence for it. It's feeling like people now expect more of you. And the fact yeah. that you already expect so much of yourself to feel like other people are doing it is it's like, such a oh my gosh, yeah. too I much. I think it just, I can feel it quite like viscerally when I feel mm. like it just definitely feels heavy and it feels like those are the days when I feel like I've got so much expectation on my shoulders. Those are the days when I can't get anything done or I can't get out of my own head and no amount of The Greatest Showman is ever going to change that because mm-hmm. sometimes I'll put on my headphones and I'm like, oh God, I can't, I can't concentrate because it feels like there's especially on the days when we open sales for a new month or we put up a new theme which I'm still not 100% sure if people are going to like it yeah um it feels like you've got so much on your shoulders but I think for me at the moment it's just focusing on what's going to make me happy is what makes me feel successful because Mm. then success can breed off the back of that because if you feel happy you feel like you can celebrate and you feel like you deserve to celebrate it I think a lot of the stuff that I have been talking about with other people is feeling like you deserve it and that you're you're worth celebrating sometimes it's not bad to say that and Mm. it's also not I I kind of like joke about the word success but it's not a bad thing to kind of accept that you have earned that for yourself because what else were you expecting you wanted this it's funny isn't it like we set out to build successful businesses and then you get it and there's such a bewilderment so that it's British, like other it? people looking at must just be like well what were you thinking was going to happen yeah but I think celebration is such a big part of this conversation because so often it's kind of why I love what I do is because very often it prompts people to really stop and think and they've never maybe properly reflected no in a few weeks or a few months or even a few years and there's always that moment where when someone is even like I always find it, if I haven't seen someone for about six months and I go, oh, well, when did we last speak? And I remember that time. That's often the ve- the only time that I'll really sit down and think, oh, gosh, how much has changed in six months? Yeah. Or Flip and Nora, you know, what I have right now is what the me of a year ago would have killed for. Yeah. And it's sometimes yeah. that stopping and the celebration. It's like those two in combination, isn't it? You've almost got to stop to be able to notice what you need to celebrate. Yeah. And then actually take the time to celebrate yourself for that, success to kind of properly sink in and to actually feel like it's something that you've earned rather than just 
oh, that was a fluke, or that yeah. was luck, or that was just because... I always think it's because people feel sorry for me as well. I always come back to it as like, <laughs> oh, they just like pity me because I'm 21 and a bit weird. Like, oh, they just wanted to help. But you do just have to have those moments of like, yeah, I've done well. Yeah, I had that like basically a year on after graduation. So I graduated last year in July. And I, I really loved graduation day because... I was the first in my family to go to uni and my parents were so proud and my grandparents Aww. came from Dorset to Brighton to come and see my graduation. It. it was just, it was so lovely and it was such a wholesome day. But I couldn't help but think that, and that's always something that runs through my mind, it's like irony and just typicality that I literally worked my ass off and now I run my own business and I don't have to use the grades that I tried so hard to get to justify anything. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like a waste, but I feel like would I have preferred to get a 2-1 instead of a first at uni if I hadn't literally like broken my body in order to do that? Mm. Because sometimes I kind of reflect that onto my business as well and I'm like, is is my personal sacrifice, and not like, you know, nights at the pub with friends, but as in like physical exhaustion, yeah. no sleep, stress. Like my stress kind of always manifests in like migraines, which put me kind of MIA for like two days mm. or I have really bad asthma and eczema. So I'm just like, a walking time bomb essentially <laughs> but it's just like is it worth you know is putting the numbers up for 150 more subscribers a month is it worth it just yet or could I wait another month until I feel more comfortable mm. and I think sometimes that's the main thing that I have to check with myself because I never really celebrated graduating in the same way because I was so stressed and I didn't have the capacity to yeah. like think like wow I got first and that's what I've been working for for three years and mm. I never really turned around and was like that's great um, because whenever we're, there was a celebration around it, because you'd sacrificed so much in the process, you almost want to scream back, like, but do you it, yeah. not see, like, how much you don't get yeah. it? Like, it's not a celebration to me. Exactly. And I yeah, think that's I why it felt, that. it felt a bit false when I was with my family, because I was like, of course I'm proud of myself, but I'm not proud of how much I put myself through, mm. because I did, you know, university was great and I loved the studying, and would I do it again? Yes, in a heartbeat, but I'd do it so differently. And I think that's the same thing. I don't want that to happen in three years' time with my business. I want to, like, nip things in the bud now and be like, what are the things I love? Why do they make me feel happy? And, like, let's continue down that path mm-hmm. rather than looking at what other people have or looking at what is the expectation. Like, for me, the expectation was to get a first. A 2-1 was not... And, like, that's not to say it's bad. Like, for anybody else, like, <laughs> that's not bad. That's amazing. Yeah. But for me, I just set those standards and I just couldn't see past them. Whereas now I'm seeing how I'm holding myself to that account. And I'm like, no, you have to stop because perfectionism doesn't always mean success because perfectionism can sometimes make you ill or it can make you too stressed. And yeah, that's not healthy. Yeah. I just, you know, as just, even just as you were saying that, I was having such like a mini little revelation moment <laughs> because what you were saying there about almost your reason not for celebrating wasn't because you didn't feel proud of it but was actually because you recognized how much was sacrificed in order to get that said celebration or exciting thing and I definitely find I even I did it today and I kind of I always regret it when I do it but I'll get a message from someone which is incredibly kind and I'm so so grateful for which says you know you're killing it or you're doing great or you must be so proud or well done like you you seem like you're doing great and it's, it's like my instinct, my like very core instinct is to jump back at like, thank you so much, but my gosh, let me just tell you all of the things that have gone wrong, yeah. been sacrificed, or I've had to lose this week in order to make that happen. Mm. And it's not because I feel like I need to justify it, but there's that weird, almost... Guilt sometimes. Yeah, yeah, just that feeling of like, I don't feel comfortable people seeing the shiny stuff when I know just how much 
has been sacrificed in order to get there. And yeah. I would hate to think that anyone looks at that end product and thinks, oh, that's what I need to aspire to have. Yeah. I think that's making the separation between you and in terms of like Instagram, them. It's mm. just like what I, that's what I've been challenging myself with like every month. It's like, what do I want? It's all right to, to kind of want after what somebody else has or parts of that. But it's also not your life. You actually don't know them. So yeah. you, they're never going to pat you on the back and be like, oh, we've reached the same amount of like success. And so it's just kind of contextualising that and knowing what you want from life. And like I was saying earlier about kind of having your business work for you and not the other way around. Because yeah. I've been stuck like that for... I've been stuck like that before. And it's not good because you lose your social life and you lose your sense of self and it feels like you're sacrificing all the right things because the people Mm. on your Instagram stories are doing the exact same so you must be doing the same you must be doing something right yeah but it's just not and so I think just checking in and noticing what's the best way to work is beneficial like for me I'm just working towards the goal of like a four-day week at some point it might not be soon it might not be until next year but it's just I know that that would work for me to have time to be creative and you know, I love writing and I've let that go and I shouldn't have sacrificed that because mm. that's a massive part of who I am. And even though I love what I do, I never thought that I'd be running a business and I wanted to, at some point in my life, write a novel. So I just thought I need to make time for that because yeah. that's me. Not and no business. one's going to do that for you other than Yeah, yourself. nobody's going to be like, oh, by the way, you're like 90 years old, you should probably crack on with that novel now yeah. that you've retired. And yeah. it's like, no, I want to I wanna do it now and I need to find out why I can make that happen and how I can mm. make that happen I rather think- than getting rid of that. Yeah, I wonder if as well that's an, a weird expectation that we put around reaching a level of success is that I think with business, things keep multiplying and things get bigger and things just snowball unless you stop them. Yeah, definitely. And I definitely have this thing of like, I'm, I'm so bad at this. I'll say to my family, you know, okay, like this week's crazy. I'm, I'm not home this whole week, but next week things are quieter or next month mm-hmm. Things are going to be easier. Or in like I said to so many people, gosh, September's super busy because it's a new client month. October, honestly, is looking so chilled. Mm. And then shock horror, October gets completely filled up. Yeah, and definitely. it's you almost have to realise that you are com- exactly like you're saying. You're completely in the driver's seat, and that is both the best thing to realise and the worst thing to realise. Yeah, because suddenly you're in control. Yeah, and you're not a victim of gosh, things is just so busy and I can't control it. But in the best way, you then realise, well, actually, if I'm in control, then I can build this to be exactly how I want it to be. Yeah, definitely. And it can have the impact on my life that I want it to have, and that's okay. Yeah. But you can't sit back thinking, once I get to this level of success, oh, yeah, things will plateau and they'll feel more relaxed. That's yeah. only, that's an internal thing. Yeah, because you, you have to take that action. And I think, yeah, I just got a little bit, well, physically and emotionally and motivationally tired of, letting my business kind of take me like a current towards like yeah. the stress and I was like I need to kind of take the reins and, and think about what mm. I want from this I'm just curious did you feel like you tied those kind of because it seems to me like you're pretty well on the other side of almost this thought process mm. we've almost come out of it and realized like oh tying a lot of these you know thinking that how I feel internally is going to change based on how things look externally mm. isn't a realistic expectation is that true for you like you almost had to go through this process of getting these things and then going oh gosh, like I actually still am super exhausted and stressed and whatever else. I've got to change things. I think in part, whether that answers your question, I don't, I never mind talking candidly about counselling. I've like suffered with anxiety for so long and been so at the mercy of it. So I just thought that that was how things were. And so being at the mercy of my business didn't really feel any different because it felt like being controlled by something else. And so having somebody who holds me to account 
and which is partly why I reached out to you about coaching because Mm. having somebody who holds you to account and can be like this is your goal don't forget that that's what you're working towards not this or like yeah not the shiny stuff that always in the moment feels a bit more yeah exciting in the early days or before this point did you feel like you tied um a shift in your internal experience to a certain level of success whether that be a certain feature or a number or an income was that ever something that you went through I think I'd always been het up about reaching a thousand subscribers and I don't know why I could never ever tell anybody why I wanted that and I was like no I need it and it was just like I'd set this weird inane goal on it and so I would tire myself out every single evening doing PR, marketing, like literally exhausting myself to the point of complete exasperation. And because I was doing it so tirelessly, like nothing was happening because I wasn't doing it effectively. There was no strategy. I was just, I felt like I had to grow my business in order for it to be credible and to Mm. me to secure a future. this weird... I don't know why. Significance around this number. And I thought once I've got that, I'll be happy and I could stop like being so stressed. Mm. But actually the numbers were great and they always have been. And almost as soon as I stopped being so stressed and I stopped buying so hard, the numbers came and it was just a weird little, it wasn't even coincidence because I must still be doing something which is allowing that to happen. Once I shifted my energy to something else mm. in terms of like just nurturing the community that I had rather than stressing about the fu- like future-proofing my business, yeah, that happened organically. And so I think that was the first, like that was the step back that I took when I was like, I don't need that quantitative goal of yeah. numbers. Yeah, 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 That's not right for me. I need mm. to know, I need to go on like, my customer experience and how I'm experiencing my business. So right now what I did was like a complete 180, decided that investment wasn't the right opportunity for me right now. And that the best thing is to improve my website, everything like my website, my branding, my office, everything. So I just decided to go almost back to square one. And I was like, this business is successful now. And I don't mind saying it. Like I've Mm. got the customers, I've got- You didn't even fake throw up when you said that statement amazing so proud of myself <laughs> which you've done about four so, times already in this episode yes. so it makes me feel really like uncomfortable sometimes but I feel like noticing that you've got to a level where it's like that safety net I guess I was yeah. like everything's going well and not I've feeling got... guilty about that no I don't know about you I find that's the biggest even this conversation I'm so conscious a lot of what we're speaking about is incredibly privileged yeah. you know to have a conversation that goes oh gosh didn't you just feel like you reached a level of success and you were disappointed I'm like would me of two years ago have listened to this conversation and thought wow what a, what a nice problem to have yeah and I think that's part of it is there's not there doesn't always feel like this we put so much judgment already on ourselves for not feeling 100% and not being the best people we can be that I think it feels quite nerve-wracking to open up these conversations which maybe are a bit more niche because you think well who am I to moan about this thing that I wanted so badly but it makes such a difference when you can just acknowledge hey I've reached this level of success yes it's amazing yes I'm proud of myself yes I wanted it but can I just acknowledge maybe some of the stuff that's not great that's yeah. come alongside that? And there's that. so much bravado within the business world that made me fear networking and things like that, especially mm. with a typical old white man who's yeah. going to tell you what for. Like whenever I've met female entrepreneurs, there's just that level of transparency. And I don't feel like I should feel guilty at other people who maybe don't have any orders or maybe they're really, really struggling and they don't have the money to innovate their business because also my experience is my experience and I've earned this money like to be able to innovate and to turn everything around yeah and that's not shameful because you're in a position Mm. that people want and maybe you don't I don't know I've just tried to stop feeling guilty about that all the time and you've got to trust that people will 
in a way you almost have to relieve yourself of the responsibility of other people's perception of you yeah and definitely. you have to trust like the right people will take it as inspiration and Rather it will drive them yeah, yeah. But, and there um, has to be a, almost just that some people are going to yeah. take it that way and that's okay yeah and I think sometimes especially with social media you can't do right for doing wrong if you post about your success there's always going to be one person who either tells you to your face or tells you behind your back that they don't like what you're saying or they wish they had that and they wouldn't be moaning if they were you yeah but if you spoke candidly about your mental health and where you're at they probably would be like well what do you have to moan about and it's like you Mm -hmm. there's always that yeah that that fear and I think social media doesn't exactly play into that in the healthiest of ways but Mm. I knew that it was important for me to kind of redefine what I thought was going to be success for me and at the moment that means like just having everything as I expected it and not focusing on the numbers Mm. and not focusing on all of these preconceived ideas of success and just going with like things that make me happy like my branding the packaging yeah spending more time actually looking through books and what I want to go in the boxes because that should never take a backseat because that's (laughs) that is what I do (laughs) of course the business (laughs) um and so that has just starting on that journey I'm definitely I'm like a fifth maybe even of like a like the tiniest part on that part of the journey of just getting all of those things in place but just taking that step away from what I thought and stepping into something that's different I feel like those goals are going to feel so much better when I meet them because Mm -hmm. they feel like they're more in tune with what I wanted in the first place I just didn't know it yes 100% and I guess almost rounding up this conversation starter I think it loops back Mm -hmm. really nicely to what you were saying in the high-low section which is that I think in a way it's a lot of what we're talking about here which is different for both of us but there's that underlying realization of okay it's always going to feel this way and that's okay you know it's not a red flag but you almost have to get used to the fact that running a business means living with a lot of these feelings and fears and worries and that's okay and not being afraid to like talk to people about it whether that's Mm. like a partner or your friends or you know a mental health professional because that is not a shameful thing and for ages I felt like it would be because I'm like oh what a privileged problem please help me I have a successful business it's like no it's okay to feel like you have the pressure of a world on your shoulders because when you have a business you feel like you've created this world like definitely for me I've got like this little books that matter bubble and I'm like Mm. I have it's a huge bubble (laughs) I have 10,800 people to not let down on like a daily basis and that is crushing sometimes and it's okay so just being able to open up and be like please don't judge me for being like completely candid about this but Mm. like just yeah and for me that's why my like high of this week has just been creating a community of business owners rather than my family who are probably sick of me talking about my business anyway (laughs) um it's just having that nice little bubble to talk within and for everybody who's gone through it as well Mm. so that's yeah that's just been the most important thing like a big realization for this I guess this year probably yeah that's so good I feel like we both sound like we've had quite similar past few months of kind of just going through that yeah yeah just realizing like oh this is just part and parcel and this is growing pains and there are ways that you can counteract that and I think self-awareness is a huge part of it but one of the biggest keys I think is actually just realizing that it's normal and it's okay and mm. tapping into communities, whether for people it's this episode or whether it's being in a membership group or going to an event or just finding a business friend, wherever you're at, those feelings are always valid. They're different yeah. at every stage, but in a way getting used to the fact that they're not necessarily gonna go away when you reach a level of success, but knowing what you can do to open up those conversation about it so you feel less alone, yeah. so you feel less isolated, I think is, 
probably the conclusion we've both come to. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like for me, outsourcing has done a lot of that as well. Not putting yourself through the pain of things that you don't actually enjoy Mm. because the end goal of your business is to only do what you feel joyful in and not kind of trawling over the numbers and the accountancy. And like for me, like packing boxes until 2am in the dark, it's not what I dreamt of. So it, that's played a massive part in it as well. But Mm. just kind of checking back in with yourself and reflecting because I always said to myself there's not enough time to do a bit of reflecting or like I'm not a journaling kind of person Mm. but just like taking a few moments and just being like is everything how I want it to be and really like digging deeper into negative like feelings and thoughts and just trying to resolve them and remembering like you said like you have complete agency over something that you've created it's not like Frankenstein's monster (laughs) (laughs) treat it that way (laughs) I love that I think this has been a really interesting conversation starter thank you for diving into what I know is probably a bit of a, uh, I don't know what the word is, terrifying, unknown, yeah. apprehensive. Uncomfortable com- sometimes. Uncomfortable. The that's right a good word for it. it there we go. There we go. Are you ready to completely change the tone with some quick fire <laughs> questions? I've listened to these and I know what's coming. <laughs> I picked some good ones for today. I'm quite proud of them. Um, I actually, I, I say I'm quite proud of them. Emily, amazing podcast editor, who will probably edit out me saying amazing podcast editor because she always edits out when I'm nice about her on the podcast. She should own her success. Exactly. You go, Emily. Um, she actually wrote me like a bank of quick fire questions because oh I was just losing inspiration. What an angel. And I was getting to the point of being like... I listened to the meal deal ones and they, they were divisive. <laughs> they... It's my favourite thing. I love nothing more than splitting a room down the middle. Especially with the shower thing. Oh I never realised so many people get treated. Molly, in the back of my head I was thinking, Alice, don't bring up the shower thing. Alice, because even when I said split down the middle, I was like, the, sh- no, the shower? No, don't bring up... <sighs> I was in the shower last night and I was like, who are these morons that stare at the controls? I mm-hmm. hope that's not you. Did no. You- you stare I've been at the door it. because has nobody seen the because you enjoy your life yeah because, because you, don't you want value to get murdered the... like last night was obviously the Shikanshtid Cardiff event and the week before was the Shikanshtid London event oh, yeah. and I'm not exaggerating it when I say at the London event I counted because it was so ridiculous I had 11 people where their intro to me like the first thing they said how they entered the conversation was about the shower and at one point at both events last night was quite similar i had almost like a a semi-circle of people talking about girls where we were just in it was like it was gathering a crowd at one point in london i was doing a people can't see this but i was doing like a a show Mm. of what i meant by the different shower types and someone came over because they saw what i was doing and went are you talking about the shower thing (laughs) It, it is it's straightforward following it's, me around it's like this conversation death. it's whether you whether you value your life or whether you live on the edge and i think it speaks to, just it look speaks out. to character yeah look just like st- i have two cats who are like constantly pounding down that door if i'm not looking i will have i know wet cats in the shower with me at all times and just who would want to stare at a brick wall as well what's hilarious oh. is and I have 100% opened up a can of worms with this and I don't think I'm ever now going to let it die this I mean I've your, tried this to, is part of your brand I know I've tried to kill it and I'm like I can't it's too much like people have picked it up themselves two things that have been very interesting is first of all people's thought like the messages I got over that weekend when I was talking about it was the first of all like oh my gosh I don't know what I do I've never thought about it before and then the it's next like, day they'd go I've had a shower I've just realised I did this and then the next day they have another shower and they're like analysing their showers and the other favorite thing which i think is my favorite part is people going i asked my partner this 
we've been together five years I've never and I've just realised that he faces the wall and I face the room and I really like to think that I created some domestics within people's homes on that Friday night because <laughs> they realised they were living with a psychopath that faces the room the wall. I have a feeling that Lewis might be a, a wall facer I think you need to talk to him about it Molly well this could change everything <laughs> You guys are about to hit, are you like, you're five, five years, years, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a big conversation to have. Brace five yourselves. Out the door. <laughs> I think just get yourself ready for either eventuality or right. Just prepare yourself. But if he I tells you that he faces the wall, it's just, over. Just get, come to terms with it now, just so when it happens, you're all right. Psycho. Mental. Uh, <laughs> also, I feel like anyone who doesn't know this story is going to not get any of that context. Basically, I heard it spoken about on another podcast that some people face the wall when they shower. And I was so disgusted by this that I did a poll on Instagram and 50% of my followers, who I'm considering blocking so they unfollow me, um, also face the wall and it's just opened up a can of worms. But speaking of divisive questions, moving away from the shower, because I'm never going (laughs) to... Oh my gosh, you know what other thing? I don't know if you saw my stories the other day where I told the story about the KFC napkin. Oh, I saw that. Oh, that's been another one that I've had follow me at last night's event. That was so a, what? So people have co- like actually come up to you and talk to you. About yeah, it that. wasn't people's opening line. Not like the, I think it's less accessible than the shower story. Oh, no, it's it's quite personal. Yeah, it. I'd kind of be halfway through a conversation with someone, and then they would go to speak and just go, "Oh, oh my gosh, I just have to say like little stories the other day, like rah rah rah," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I did put on the internet that I want to use regret. like a KFC napkin as a sanitary towel." Who I hasn't do remember that? Had those emergencies and like who I mean, is that prepared on. that they have sanitary towels on them at all times? I Every need to know who these people are. It's, like, it's like a shock. It's like, oh my I've gosh. I've gone door to door in my office asking for <laughs> that before. <laughs> no that. shame. I, I think <laughs> it's because, you know, we're just so dedicated to our businesses that everything else gets sacrificed. Like, when yeah. we talk about sacrifices, that's one of them. Like, my body flipping or let's hope it's doing all right because it definitely doesn't get the attention it needs in oh, life. definitely. Yeah. Oh, anyway. That's another page. Ready for the first one? Yeah, I'm scared. This is one that I actually need to think about before I answer. So you can answer first, good luck. Um, what's the worst piece of advice you've ever been given? Or one, like what comes to mind when I tell you like what is a really bad piece of advice that you um, hear? One comes straight shared. to mind. Okay. And it's not advice, it was meant as advice. And one piece of advice that somebody gave me when I was starting up my business. So, but for context, I started up my business through a startup program, um, which, the prize was £10,000 to start up your business, but it was eight months of workshops and networking, and then you had to create a business plan, blah, blah, blah. It was huge. And there was a, loads of entrepreneurs that were going from like 70 to 50 to three who went to go and pitch, and I won. Then, yeah. End of story. <laughs> One of the very first people who came right through to the end told me, as a nugget of advice, you can't run a business without a man. <gasps> That's the worst ever. Wow. And that was meant, to, that was like literally exactly words, that. as a nugget of advice. A nugget of advice. <laughs> How rude to That's tarnish a chicken nugget with that kind of advice. <laughs> I was like, why, why bring chicken nuggets into the conversation? Like, why are you in but my space? Awful. Why are you, I, yeah. I, I can say it didn't, the misogyny didn't get better from that point because we were in a room together for about eight months. My every goodness. Week. And I was just like. That's pretty, that, that's up there. I yeah. really don't think I can top I've got, that. I've decided now, though, in the ways that I've developed as a person, I don't have any shame with, like, shutting that down, definitely, and just being like, mm-hmm. this isn't your opinion, you're wrong. Like, yeah. let's just get that right from the start. I disagree with you, um, point blank. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, that was the worst piece of advice, air quotes advice, nice. I've ever given, I've ever been given. I didn't give that advice. 
Uh, imagine <laughs> that would be very non-brand um i definitely cannot top that but one that i'm coming across a lot at the moment because one of my big question marks is how do i up level from here mm. as in like service-based fully booked what's the next step without selling an online course because i don't want to sell online courses i was listening to your podcast the other day about online courses um, i've got some thoughts <laughs> did i do a podcast episode about online courses yeah, you did. Of oh, that failed. Yes. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, okay. Yeah, that, that was already really good. Talked about my failures for forty minutes. Um, some, so I'm, I'm opening. I'm kind of opening up the floor to a lot of people, which I don't often do. I'm quite like, I do actually trust that I know what's best most of the time for my own business. So I often don't let other people have a say. Mm. But I've done a bit of like, oh, what's your take? And a lot of the like, oh, this is what your next step should be. I'm so, ex- I'm so excited to know what's oh, what we told you. Is around taking it away from being a very personal brand and building like an agency where they're like well if you're fully booked with clients and you're still getting loads of inquiries like you should just hire other digital marketing coaches and outsource everything and I'm just like you know same as you that moment where some people give me advice like launch a course where I go oh I can completely get why you would say that but But here's my reasons why I would never do that for now have to put that in just in case in 10 years time I'm selling courses yeah someone uses this against me um but with advice that's like oh you need even someone the other day was like oh create something called like the Benham Co or like make it a brand I was like mate like I could kind of see that in 20 years time but you know and you just know your business so well that I can just, it's just I, in that right, moment yeah. I can just go no that's a really good example of that though because I've had so many people as well like sometimes people are angry or like I'd rather say like more triggered or that's their problem to deal with who come into my DMs and they're like why don't you do this for men Mm. like that should be your new market and I'm like oh yippee can't wait to like spend all my time thinking about what men want because that's just the brand (laughs) joke that's been my life up until this point because that's what society's about (laughs) it's just that and the most of the time there's nothing wrong with that it's it's something that people need to learn more about for sure but it's always women who say like Mm. you should do this for men because men need to learn it's like Google is free yeah like you I do this because I'm empowering women not teaching them Mm. like I'm empowering them with things that they should have access to but society doesn't exactly shout about women in literature so that's why I do what I do yeah we've only ever seen old white men on the curriculum and everything so it doesn't necessarily make me angry because those are people's like actual thoughts Mm. you can like it's not right yeah because that's not the way that feminism is heading yes or very often I recognize that that is something when people give you a piece of advice, which is very well-meaning, when yeah. I take a step back, I often realise that, oh, okay, you've not actually thought at all about me there. That's something that you're passionate about, and that's great, and yeah. that's fine. Exactly. But you can't take that as cold, hard, hard truth as the person getting the advice, because you have to acknowledge, yeah. oh, they're actually just speaking for themselves. Yeah, definitely. And that's not, yeah, not relevant for me. No. Okay, next question. I'm just going to do one more, because I feel like the shower chat was, was enough <laughs> it was in itself. It was a question in itself. <laughs> okay, I'm interested to see where you sit with this one. Would you rather work... 80 hours one week and have the next week off or work 40 hours for two weeks 40 hours I thought you would sit on yeah. that side because I'm complete opposite and I had an inkling that you would be no hours. I couldn't do it I would go because of what you'd said about like wanting to do a four day week and obviously yeah for you what you do is so creative so you probably need a lot more yeah and creativity it uh, I mean without sounding like a douche it's just like it takes a lot of energy because mm. it's also like I have to not censor my creativity but think about what other people want and so it's like writing a book for a popular um topic that's going on right now like when 50 shades came out and all of a sudden everybody was writing kinky novels yeah it's like writing for 
a community rather than like for what you want so like, mm-hmm. sometimes I'll have a great idea for a box but it's more to what I want rather than what everyone wants so the creativity there That's has to be sculpting it into something that people because people might not know about like dystopian fiction or you know LGBT literature and you have to like shape it into something that's maybe not so niche or just something that you're generally excited mm. about so I feel like my creative process can be quite exhausting um, probably seems really simple on paper but if you no, it I have like a really fully formed idea in my head for a box and when I can't find the things that I want to go in it yeah, it just takes so much energy to actually yeah. try and seek them out because so. you care so much about it so it's not just uh, oh yeah that's Slap fine you take yeah. the box like you care so much and it comes from such a yeah yeah creative space that you need that yeah and I feel like I I love consistency as well like if I had one week on one week off it wouldn't be a routine for me Mm -hmm. so I feel like I'm still settling into having a routine yeah because it's been so like crazy the last year Mm -hmm. but I think that I would just rather do 40 hours I love that I love that (laughs) I would my instinct would initially be like oh yeah I'd go for the 80 hours one week the next week off but I think realistically that would only work if it the one week off yeah. was 100% a week off because I know my instinct I'm so bad at this if I get an extra day because, like for example I outsource the podcast editing to Emily so technically yeah. I could now work five days a week and not work a Sunday because a Sunday was always my podcast yeah, day yeah I always see you working Sunday and I'm but my <laughs> my instinct just the way I'm naturally wired at the moment with a lot of time to yeah. sacrifice and not a huge amount of need to spend my time anywhere else any free time because I love this business so much is like oh of course I'm just going to plow into that so although yeah. I would if if it were to actually be a week off the next week I would go for the 80 none because I'm, yeah. I'm I'm an all or nothing person so I like that extreme that yeah. kind of I, I, I run off of that but unless someone was enforcing that week off I would just be doing yeah. 80 80 and then probably dying for a week and then yeah. so yeah <laughs> and that's not sustainable exactly but there you we have go. more holidays yeah. than just being like dead and like, you know, MIA for a few yes. for a few days. If you had time off you'd want to enjoy it. That's and I probably I would hate that time off as well. Don't know about you, I'm just really bad at You'd be so enjoying time off because also you're really stressed. Yeah. But I don't know, I've, I find it quite hard. One switching of the things off. that I've been working through in the last few weeks really, it just seems like it's been a big, big revelation, is I don't have to work every evening, every second of my free time because my free time is it's mine I should I should want to do something and mm. I'm allowed to read books that aren't prospective to go in the boxes in a few months like I'm allowed to go to the pub and get plastered and it's okay like that's yeah. you know sometimes I put that on hold and I'm like every spare moment should be spent on the business mm. it's just not right and I'm a bad business owner if I don't yeah because it's like also I used to get really weird like don't want to end it on a negative note <laughs> I used to get really weird things where I'd go on a day out and halfway through the day out I'd have a panic attack uncontrollable wow. and it would be because I felt this guilt that like even though I'm enjoying myself this is time I could have spent four hours doing that or yeah. I could have spent you know two hours emptying in my inbox or I could have you know mm. and it would always be this guilt and I'm like you know you've still got to live your life outside of having yeah. a business otherwise well, it's like what are you doing it for What's your favourite thing to do outside of running a business? Because I feel like I'm on the hunt for some hobbies, so any inspiration? I I like swimming, but to say I do it regularly is a lie. Okay. Um, I always hope to swim. Like, I have a, mo- I have a gym membership with, yeah. with swimming facilities, and I always think, 
gosh, this next hour would be a great chance to go swimming. Swimming is great. And I never it's did. so freeing. I used to swim competitively when I was little. Oh, wow. And um, then I got, like, my asthma got really bad and my lung capacity isn't that great to, like, swim quite yeah. high volume. So I'm, like, in the kiddie end of the pool. Nice. Like, the slow just chilling. People. So it's, like, me, it. the kids and the grannies, like, swimming at, like, a snail's pace. But it's just nice because you can completely switch off. It's just you in the water. Mm. And I just find it very healing. But... Also, I just love socialising, like being with my friends and my family. That was the reason I moved back to, like Bristol or at least like the southwest. Like my family's nearby. Yeah. that's like my favourite way to spend my time. I love that. It's like I my love hobby. That. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me, Molly. Thank you so I much. I so appreciate you being here, and I'm so excited because now we're about to do coaching stuff. Yeah. I'm excited, great. and thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I don't want to be like crazy fangirl, so but welcome. I'm just I feel very very lucky. Ah, this is my moment of success. There you go. <laughs> Take it in. It's amazing.